they assemble at night, each one having prepared as diligently as possible to the time given to them before the witching hour, the hour of reckoning, the time when they begin outdoor cartoon television. Stray casts, it's on the air. And a new day will dawn in the Bassin Galaxy for those who stand long. And the forests and the lakes will echo with laughter. Does anybody remember laughter? I remember laughter. I'm your host, Pat Renwick. This is Wednesday night. This is live right meow. It is time for Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. Yes. The festivities continue right here. Uh, right now, uh, first, another big show, just like every Wednesday, another big show right here for you, uh, Bass and Galaxy. Uh, coming up first, uh, first off, the, the cruise missile himself, ladies and gentlemen, uh, John Cruz coming on first. <laughs> Woo! Yes. Johnny Cruz. John Cruz coming at us live. Uh, then uh, he has just... Uh, triumphed with accolades I, I don't know what that means but he has just triumphed with accolades over his um his uh emergence of a victory on the uh in detroit on lake st Clair. jason christie joins us live tonight after john cruz uh ryan uh, popcorn whitaker and um and jp high the hip-hop fisherman are not here tonight they uh they're doing um, bass fishing tournament stuff in uh, West Wisconsin on the Mississippi River, and we, we wish them the best of luck uh, at that derby. Um, so everyone loves bass fishing, and everyone loves babes, so my co-host tonight is bass fishing supermodel Nicole Dorr. Yeah! Woo! That's Nicole Dorr. Hey, guys, what's up? That's Nicole. She's a bass fishing supermodel. She's here to lend us a hand or two tonight. Uh, right here live on Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. Hey, um, just want to say, uh, I always like to give um, uh, props and due diligence to um, where it is due. And, and talking about dancing uh, with who brung you. Um, first off, just want to say thank you uh, very much to, to Mark Jeffries for the living room uh, in this industry. He is totally uh, the godfather of bass fishing webcast podcast however you put it and um and and mark was calling out to um all bass fishing media on his show yesterday on bass talk live you could check him out uh on bass talk live of course you know that already uh but mark we would love we would love to be part of the uh the derby uh to benefit the charity of of our choice whenever the time comes and we'll be in contact with you mark thank you so much uh for, for the uh, for the invite because we'd love to be part of it and and you know we can fish a little bit you know we're no uh, we're no uh, stormtrooper Dave or, or Brian the carpenter but we we could certainly fish a little bit so uh, we'd be happy to do that Mark and we'll get in touch with you and again thank you for the living room without you uh, this would not be possible 
Um, Nicole, t- tell them what to do. Put the power poles down. We'll be right back with J- John Cruz. John Cruz. <laughs> keep it locked. Quality, dependability, consistency, and fish catching performance is what separates a War Eagle spinnerbait from the pack. Hand assembled, inspected, and tested in Rogers, Arkansas, War Eagle lures are the choice of Mike McClellan, Andy Morgan, Edwin Evers, and you, the serious bass angler. War Eagle lures, when you absolutely have to catch fish. Find War Eagle lures at your local tackle store or visit WarEagleLures.com today. PH Custom Lures by Phil Hunt are quickly becoming the most sought-after custom balsa baits in the industry, from the Little Hunter to the Squeaky Pea. These baits are pure quality, handcrafted, hand-carved, and hand-painted. But most importantly, they flat-out catch fish. PH Custom Lures has a bait for any situation in a magnitude of colors. Check out the Old School, Straighter, and PH Custom Series at phcustomlures.com. That's phcustomlures.com. Welcome back, Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. Uh, I'm your host, Pat Renwick. Uh, this is bass fishing supermodel, Nicole Dore. And right now, we are super stoked to have on this show for the first time ever. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for John, John Cruz. Cruz. John Cruz. Woo! Give me an internet high five, John. Yeah, that's how we do it. Woo! That's how we do it at Ashley Schaefer. Woo! Right there. Boom. Dude, welcome to the show, man. I'm glad you can make it on here finally. Yeah, Pat, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, you can tell this is an absolutely a normal bass fishing show, right? I mean, right off the get-go, you know. Absolutely. It's just, it's just the perfect name. I love the name. I love, I love it. I'd love the way it's starting out. We're, we're good. Yeah, we're good. yeah. And then, and then the world is getting introduced to bass fishing supermodel Nicole Dore right now. I'll, Excellent. Yeah. Hello, Nicole. Nice to, nice meet, to meet you. you. <laughs> yeah, that's John Cruz. He he is he is a, he is a he is. um. Don't actually don't know who he is. Yeah. He yeah. That's he's a bass fishing hammer or a stud like, like they like they call him in yeah, the industry. Yeah, it's crazy to be in your presence. Thank you for allowing it. Yeah, there you yeah. go. He, he's he is the cruise missile, John. And, and seriously, man. Um, yeah. Dude, you're 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 making waves. You've been making waves for a while. Um, we always do this when we have a guest on the show for the first time. Can you give us a little John Cruz history and, and go kind of go back? Like, I think you've been doing this, what, like 14, 15 years or something. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I've been doing it a long time. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm 39 years old now. I started fishing full time right when I got out of college. And, you know, since the time I was, I was basically 21 until now, I've been, been able to make my living fishing. So the first few years, you know, there were some trials and tribulations, but the third Bassmaster tournament that I ever fished, I came in third. It was down at Lake Okeechobee, and back then they used to give boats away for first, second, and third place nice. in those invitationals. And so I won a boat. Uh, I sold it the next day for twenty-two <laughs> grand, and that really kind of gave me the the money that I needed to keep going. Back then, twenty-two grand would carry you for a season or two, but not so much, the, you know, these, these days and times it's, it's a lot more expensive, uh, sport to get into, but that, that's really kind of what got me going. And then, you know, after, I think it was about three or four years of full-time fishing before I had anybody paying me as a sponsor. And that first one was a hundred bucks a month, man. I was so pumped about that. Nice. Big um, time. 
Yeah, I was big time. I knew it. But, you know, it took me another then another three to four years to really get established enough to to be able to start really making an income. Uh, but, you know, luckily with the sport of bass fishing, if you're if you're halfway decent enough, you can win your tournament winnings enough to support your your life and you pay all your bills and all that kind of stuff. And so that's what that's what kept me going. I was fishing FLW and bass. Uh, and then when the, the inception of the Elite Series I guess that was uh, eleven or twelve years ago. Now, yep, I, I quit fishing FLW and I only I only fish bass from then on. And and I mean and and like right off the right off the bat, I mean what what was the win you had on the the Delta? What year was that? That was twenty ten. Twenty ten. That was uh, March in twenty ten, and I, that was coming off my pretty much my worst season ever. I think I finished seventy something in the points. Uh, I just I what I didn't feel like I was fishing bad, but man, like every tournament just. Worst case scenario, practice just fizzled out into the tournament and never made the right move. And then I had a long layoff from the last tournament, I think it was like late August. From then all the way to the next March, I did not fish another tournament. And that was (laughs) really weird because early on in my career, I was fishing 20 tournaments a year, 20, 22 tournaments. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of tapered them off, tapered them off. And now I fish probably 10 or 11, but... That was just a weird, like you know, five month layoff yeah. of term, six month layoff of tournaments, and then the very first one I fished, I won, and uh, and so that kind of got me back on track, and I had a had a real good year that year. And you know what I remember about that derby besides besides the win, it was like you were so excited, you caught you you, you stuck a good one, landed a good one, man, and you're like, oh, I, I think I lost my rod. It was, it was that. Yeah. That, it's like, right. wait a minute. Where's my flip stick? You're like, what happened? Where, where is That's it? That's right. Yeah, I was, I was flipping and I flipped. I think it was a, I don't know, it was a four or five pounder and got him in the boat and I was excited. And so you, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just take the rod and kind of throw it back up towards the front deck. And I just throw it back up towards the front deck. It lands somewhere on the front deck. And then I unhook the fish, put him in the live well, whatnot. Well, when I, I didn't realize when I, threw it back up towards the front deck. I threw it. I just threw it straight off the boat. It kind of went sailing, I, dude. I didn't even realize it. And I unhooked the fish. I had already unhooked the fish, I believe. And so what happened, luckily, is that I started looking around and looking around, and I was counting my rods, and man, I was just bugging out. I said, man, where is this rod? And then I looked at my steering wheel, and I could see the hook of the bait that I was fishing in the steering wheel. And I went, wait a second. And so I grabbed on the hook and the line was connected and I started pulling and it was I pulled the, the whole rod and reel out of the water and shook it off, put a new bait on and kept fishing. And salvage. <laughs> and at, at that time of your career, like rods and reels were way more valuable. Not that they're not Absolutely. valuable now, but you know, definitely. Right. <laughs> definitely right. they were. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So when did the inception of the, uh, the whole missile baits deal kind of come into, into play? I've been uh, missile baits has been been up and running for five and a half years now, and for about I'd say about two years prior to that, I kind of got hit with the idea of uh, I want to I want to start a soft plastics company, and I want to be able to to design my own own baits and to be able to promote them and and all that. And I want I really wanted to start with a new brand, uh, just a, a you know clean slate as far as branding and company identity. Um, I had a couple opportunities to work with other companies to, to help design, but I was going to be basically piggybacking on, on the brand that they had already started. And I, di- I didn't want to do that. So um, I ended up, you know, one thing led to another. I ended up starting, starting the company by myself 
Um, Ish Monroe was was basically a you know, pro staff from from pre day one. Before day one, he was pro staff, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, he and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, was able to uh, was able to get things going. And it's funny how life happens, and and things happen for a reason. I always feel like the three months, or excuse me, two months into us doing business. Our, uh, we got approached by some account executives from a distributor that wanted to be able to show our baits to Dick's Sporting Goods, and they they did business with Dick's. So I was like, oh, "That's cool," you know. I had no clue about what that meant. Well, the next <laughs> month they they go to March. They go to meet with uh, the people at Dick's Sporting Goods. It just so happened that was the same week that we were fishing Lake Okeechobee, and. We were fishing Lake Okeechobee the first day of that tournament. Ish brings in 35 pounds. Yeah. He's leading the tournament by half a mile, and he just sits there up there and tells everybody, I caught all these fish on a missile baits D-bomb. It's a brand-new bait, and I know none of y'all have it. So, <laughs> Boom, sales. Tough, Perfect. Tough, tough, tough nipples. And so we went up there, and um, the next day they had that meeting with the Dick Sporting Goods people. The, people for, the distributor put the baits on, on the desk. And the guy goes, yeah, I want to show you something new. And the other guy, the guy goes, oh, yeah, John Cruz and Ish Monroe. He just caught a giant bag yesterday. And next thing you know, they were putting it in 50 stores, 100 stores, 200. Uh-huh. And the rest is kind of history. It just It just really grew from there. But it's just funny how things happen you know, like that all, for a reason. It's really cool. Yeah. So I'll tell you a real quick story. When we had Ish Monroe on the show, he was actually via Skype from his boat fishing the Delta. And, right. and he, he said the word D-bomb so many times that actually the viewers at home were playing a drinking game to every time Ish said D-bomb, oh, nice. they, they had to take a drink. And the, our audience was wasted by the end of the show. It was phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah, it, it was awesome. It was a damn. It was an that excellent. sounds like fun to me. Yeah, I mean that was that was Ish's deal right there. I mean he was flipping the D-bomb, and I think that was a bass fishing talk show first, actually to have um, an interview with an angler via the talk show actually catching fish on the delta that's um, cool on, yeah it was like a tuesday nighter and then he blamed us for losing and he said he'd never come on the show again <laughs> is what, is i don't right. believe that. i don't believe that <laughs> no that i that's a true story i just made up right now oh, 100%. i talked to i talked to ish twice in the past week since i since i've, I've been home and he's warned me two different on both occasions he said please bring more black d-bombs with you when you come back <laughs> he's got a, a nice supply but he just wants to make sure he doesn't run out so he's, he's, he knows he knows the source man he goes exactly he goes right exactly. to the trap that ish he knows that's, <laughs> that's what's up so missile missile baits man i mean it has grown probably like is it safe to say beyond your expectation of what you initially started i mean besides plastics the jigs the the whole deal man i mean it's it's blossomed yeah our first year really, really kind of took off. I don't know if it was, I'd say, better than, than I expected. I, a lot of people asked me the same thing, and, and I really didn't have dead set expectations on where, where I think we, thought we could go. To be honest with you, I, I felt like we could be even bigger than we are now. Uh, sometimes, in, in, like in the, in the bait business, whether it's hard or soft plastic baits, you have what's, what's called... Uh, I mean, guys kind of we kind of term it in baseball terms as far as well. That bait was kind of a single. That bait was kind of a double. That that bait was a grand slam. It seems like you know one out of every eight or ten baits that you do end up being grand slams. It, it, and if you're lucky, you get one out of every like four or five. 
Um, so it's just, if we would have had, you know, maybe two more grand slams out of the, the baits that we've come out with, I feel like we could be even further, further up. But you know, sometimes it's not because the bait is not a really effective bait. Sometimes it's just coincidence that they don't catch on, so to speak, and, and really just take off. Um, you know, you just got you got to get people to put it on the hook first before you can actually get them to, to fish with it. I mean, they might buy it once, but if they don't turn around and put it on the hook, you got you, you can't get that phenomenon going and get it, get it really rocking. But um, I've been really pleased with the amount of growth we've had. We've had consistent growth all five years that we've uh, we've been in business, and from what I can tell, the I'm projecting us to have you know good good consistent growth again next year. Um, and you, know, you have to have increased distribution, you have to have uh, more SKU space, and you have to have good, innovative uh, new baits on the horizon. And, uh, and that's kind of what I see us having and have had. So I, I think we'll have good, good growth again this coming year. Absolutely. Now, the, the D-bomb, I mean, as, as Ish had put it, and, you know, everybody that flips, whether they're going to admit it or not, they, they have a D-bomb in their boat. Okay, they, they right. really do. Now, and in the kind of the first deal as far as that um, that creature type, for lack of a better explanation, was kind of the sweet beaver. Okay, a lot of right. we, we were all yeah. we, we all still throw both. I mean, we all do. There's times and yeah. places for everything. Um, but what I want to know from you, John, is tell me about like the actual evolution of that D bomb. Did you was it like a yeah. sketch, man? And what did you what did you do? What's the deal? Yeah, um, the D bomb basically came from. For me, fishing the sweet beaver—it's mean, it's still a good bait, but the beaver and the and the D bomb are completely different baits. Right. Uh, and a lot of people say, "Well, I don't even throw the the sweet beaver anymore." Well, dude, dude, they're they're two different baits, man. They do two different things. The beaver is more much more of a glide bait. To me, that bait replaced a flipping tube in in my in my boat. I took the flipping tubes out of the boat, put the beaver in. The D-bomb is much more like a streamlined jig in, in my my book. Sure. All those yeah. ribs on the body create a lot of turbulence, and so the bait doesn't want to sail. All that resistance of the bait going through the water, it, it has a straight fall. The, the, I, want, the, I did the D-bomb for two parts. One, I wanted the ring body so that the hook would have really good penetration. You know, I wanted that bait to really collapse when you set the hook so that you had just phenomenal... Uh, hook penetration, which is sometimes a problem with the, with the beaver. If you have the right hook and you have a fresh bait and all that kind of stuff, you don't usually have too many problems, but it can be a problem, especially if the bait twists and, and it goes through the thick portion of that, that body, then you can, you can mess a few fish. Uh, but the other part of it is that with a flipping tube or beaver or whatever, those baits, when you work them really slow, they do almost nothing. I mean, they, there's just almost no movement in the water. water. And I wanted a flipping bait that had action when you just barely move that bait. So when I, when you flip that D-bomb in there, if you w- look at it in clear water, you flip the D-bomb in there and you just watch it go hit the bottom. I mean, that thing hits the bottom, and then it'll take it about three or four or five seconds to slowly fall, and those little flappers are real thin, and they just, start, they just keep slowly moving. I mean, four or five seconds after the bait is stopped, and that's exactly what I wanted. And so, when you, like, say you lift that bait up to a branch or up to a, um, under a mat, those little those little claws just kind of constantly breathe, so to speak, under the water. So it's a big bait, but it's got a lot of little uh, action to it, which 
you know, like I said, the beaver, uh, you know, a lot of the flipping baits, not just a beaver, a lot of flipping baits are bigger and bulkier, but they don't have that action when you're just barely moving them. And I think that is one of the main reasons that the D-bomb outfishes a lot of other flipping baits is that subtle action when the bait's not technically moving. I agree. And also sure. what I like about it is you can get a gaff in there. You can get like okay. a, a five aught or a six aught flip hook in that thing. That's right. Yeah, you can put a big old uh, big old tuna hook in there and just absolutely rack back on them when you get a bite <laughs> and just have a big old time. So true or false, John, you are now being sued by an angler whose um, jeans were ruined by too much oil um, on the D-bombs. Is that true or false? Well, we're, we have a scientific study to try to figure out if the oil was coming from the outside or if the oil came from the inside of the pants. Got you. So we're waiting for the waiting for the results of that. It's a forensics mm-hmm. file to come through. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> hey, um, you're, do you consider yourself a shallow water guy? Is that your deal? I mean, is that... I consider myself a very versatile guy. Um, I'm just as comfortable fishing way offshore, uh, deep water, either light line or deep cranking. I love the deep crank. I've had a lot of good deep crankbait tournaments, uh, you know, multiple top 12s doing it. So I'm just as comfortable out there doing that kind of stuff as I am, you know, sight fishing or shallow cranking or anything like that. And so it, it's a virtue, but it also can hurt you right. in, in different tournaments. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. What so, so th- with that question being asked, what bass fishing scenario or technique are you intimidated by? Are, are there any that that intimidate you a bit? Um, you know, all right. So, for example, I look at the schedule for next year, and we have a bunch of different types of fisheries. Uh, I don't. I'm not excited or like distraught over either any of the any of the events on there. Uh, you know, like one of the events, a good example is the Upper Chesapeake Bay. And last time we went there, I did completely awful. I finished like a hundredth or something. I mean, just you know, borderline suicide type situation. Because <laughs> I, I know that I know how the place fishes. I grew up fishing the Potomac River, uh, but I can tell you, I circled I circled that place because I I want revenge on it. Not because right. I feel like I know how to catch them or any of that. I just want revenge on figuring that place out. Going back at the same time of year, I'm like, I'm going to figure that place out. I screwed it up last time. I tried to force some things, but I want redemption on it. So that, that's what I like more than anything is just going back to a place and, and figuring it out and doing much better. Hey, um, which way is the beach, John Cruz? Is, is it that way? <laughs> is, is the beach that way? Gun City. Gun City. Uh, it's over here. Whoa! That's where the weight room is. <laughs> so, I mean, you've kind of um, you've kind of turned it around, man. I mean, and no offense intended, but you you were kind of a, a just a typical skinny bass fisherman, and uh, and, and you, <laughs> well, I get, maybe most bass fishermen are fat, like, and they wear diamond gusset jeans Be and nice. have shows Be called nice. Bass Fishing <laughs> University. But that not besides besides that. But the, right. the, the um, but no, dude. You, I mean, you are a workout fiend yeah, now. Jacked. Yeah, ever ever since I've been in in high school, I started to kind of work out. And in college, I really got into it, and it's just it's part of my life, and it's ever been part of my life ever since. I mean, I, I worked out uh, after I was at the office till till five o'clock today. I went, went to the gym and hit it just to uh, to kind of keep in shape. I think I think it does a lot of things to help you mentally. It helps you physically. Uh, just you feel better and it's just a, you know, to me, it's a, it's a, it's almost a sanctuary 
in order to, to kind of get away from everything. Uh, the way I explain it to people is if, if you've got a couple hundred pounds on your back or on your chest or wherever it might, wherever you, whatever you might be lifting, you don't think about anything else in your life other than making sure that weight does not crush you. Yeah. That is, and so yeah. if from that aspect, it's really, it's really a nice getaway and then, you know, and then all the endorphins and everything that 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 uh, that kicks out, man, it's just uh, it's it's addictive. I love it. Absolutely. It's the feel good factor. And, and I, I enjoy to run. That's that's what I like to do. I, mm-hmm. I run. And I've had this conversation with Aaron many times and um, just the positive feeling that you get what carries over not only into your angling, but into everyday life that, for example, I, I'm sure you're the same way. If you miss a workout, you, you kind of feel like shit, don't you? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I don't um, get too hung up on it. I know Aaron, it totally, it totally jacks his head up. And uh, <laughs> be, to be one of the best natural anglers ever, uh, he is his own worst enemy in his head, and he knows it, and he knows it. But uh, if I miss a few workouts, I'm not, I'm not too upset about it. because well, Good for on, you. Yeah. On the flip side, you have, to, you have to be recovered. You have to be fully recovered if you're going to you know, have a good workout or if you're going to be ready to fish a tournament. You can't be in a state of, um, you know, repair your body, yeah. you know, muscles that are needing to repair. You can't be like that and then go out there and fish. That's one of the things that I think that that working out, whether you run or or, or lift or, or, or a combination, is that your body is in a um, habit of getting broken down and recovering quickly. Broke down, recover. When we go bass fish, I mean, we're on the practice. We're practicing for 13, 14, 15 hours a day and then we get you know five or six hours of sleep by the time you get all your stuff done and eat dinner and all that kind of stuff get ready for the next day and so your body needs to be able to recover each night and i feel like the working out really helps that portion of it over top of other guys i hear guys even on tour man they're bitching about by the end of the week oh man i'm tired sure i'm tired aaron doesn't do this but you know (laughs) man i'm so tired dude man Buck it up, man. You are not prepared physically for what these tournaments bring you. So that's a perfect segue right there, John Cruz. So, like, yeah. let's say that you are an Elite Series fitness guru. Like, like you're the Richard Simmons of the Elite Series, let's say. Okay? Oh. So you're a fitness guru. Who's the first guy on the Elite Series that you are going to whoop into shape, dude? Who's <laughs> the first guy? Wait, now, now, are you saying who needs it? Yeah. Who, yeah like, who, who are you going to take under your them? wing and be like, all right, man, you need to get in shape. Who's get the guy? Together. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that because, you know, my <laughs> best, best friend on tour is Ish. Love him to death. He is uh, the most, he is the most inconsistent person about working out that I know. And he knows it. He knows this. He's not afraid of the gym. He'll go to the gym. It's not like he doesn't like the gym. He just gets out of the habit of going to the gym. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he's very naturally um, got, a, got a nice stature, I yeah. mean, like real broad yeah. shoulders. If he worked out more consistently, he, would, he could get into phenomenal shape and, um, and have much better stamina than he does. But uh, the, the good thing about Ish is if, if, you don't, if you're not more consistent as, as he should be, he uh, he doesn't stress about uh, the wrong things, and and that that really helps him, you know, not be overburdened during a tournament week. You know, he and I, you know, consciously have worked on that over the years of just having a good time at the events, making sure we're not you know stressed out, 
you know, you just got to go catch them. That's the name of the game. That's all we stay focused on is how to catch them and have a good time. And we're going to laugh and we might have a cocktail or something. And, you know, just, just, just have a good time. That's, that's a big portion of why we, uh, we think we can consistently be successful. Well, what Ish told us was that, um, his guilty pleasure and, and his, his problem is that he eats, what, what was it, Andy? Too many orange, um, cranberry muffins or something oh. is that his deal i mean i'm being serious he told us something like that he get he gets on different kicks uh oh. every once in a while he'll have like a cookie fetish and uh, <laughs> the phase he'll, he'll, he'll he'll eat cookies for like a week not all the time but like you know a little extra here a little extra there and then and sometimes he'll have uh, he'll have the muffin fetish i remember that muffin fetish he was in i mean he couldn't he couldn't get enough of them he had to have one with breakfast and and whatnot so uh so that was it. The whole oh, right oh. rod locker was filled with muffins. Is, is actually the true story. Sure, you're not talking about Ike and Nelly's, uh, uh rod locker full of swim baits. Yeah, that's oh. that one, <laughs> dude. I'm not kidding you. Pro- like six, eight years ago, when that swim bait craze was was big with the boot tail stuff. Sure, his entire rod locker was full of swim baits. It had to weigh three or four hundred pounds in there. It was unbelievable. I mean, he had to like stuff it down to get. To get that bass cat locker to uh, to, <laughs> to close, and uh, he's since then he's he's called out the ones he doesn't throw. He's gotten better about it. Yeah, so, right. We were uh, just at we were at Mike's house a couple weeks ago. I don't know, a month. I was like Fourth of July or something. We were out yeah. there, and and uh, it's he's got he still has like uh, literally Tupperware containers full of swim baits, oh, dude. Oh yeah, I, I mean nuts and. Our, our buddy Kyle Perscalo, um, he's got that company, 3F Fishing, Fishing for Five, and they make a, a swim bait called the Babe. And basically what it is is, is an exact duplicate reproduction of that um, XPS swim bait that, that you all know about. I know, I know right. we all know about. Um, That's right. But here's why I'm getting at this. Um, they did a thing on, on Bass University about swim baits. So we sent um, some swim baits to Mike to give away. All right, mm-hmm. to give away on the air. Well, guess what Mike did with them? He put them in his tackle box. He took them all. <laughs> he took them all. Ported them. <laughs> that surprised me one bit. They're, they're that good. Hey, have you ever been on a game show, John Cruz? I, not not that I know. Not a formal one. I like to play uh, some different games like uh, Cards Against Humanity and things like that. Well, those but, are always fun. But you know what? You're yeah. about to be on a bass fishing game show right yeah, now do. are you ready do you want to play do you want to play what's on your mind or do you want to play the bass and match game oh my god uh let's do what's on your mind what's on your mind okay, okay yes are you ready bass fishing supermodel nicole door of course we are gonna play what's on your mind with john crew uh miss jackson give me a beat where are we ah yes it's time for the Bass and Match Game. I'm your host, Pat Renwick. Yes. This is Bass Fishing Supermodel Nicole Dore and Elite Series Professional John Cruz. John, very simple. I'm going to give you a phrase or a word, and you tell me what's on your mind. John, the first word to you is anti-finesse. Anti-finesse. Anti- uh, Tommy Biffle. Tommy yeah. Biffle yeah. is anti-finesse. Um, uh, Right to mind, uh, he he openly admits that he has only uh, used a spinning rod for the last couple of years. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Excellent answer. Excellent answer. Yeah. The sauce. The sauce, John Cruz. Ooh, the sauce. Yes. Uh, I would have to. That, the first thing that comes to my mind is Evan Williams, I'll be honest. Evan Williams. That's yeah. a, hey, how about a studio audience round of applause for Evan Williams sauce? Right there. Oh. Boom. That's oh. how you sponsor plug right there. That's how so you good. do it. Boom. So right there. 
Um, snozberries. Snozberries. Snozberry. A, a made-up fruit. A made-up fruit. Sounds yeah. good, though. What is a snozberry to you, Nicole? It's kind of like um, a strawberry, but the seeds are like little raspberry bits, that, bo- Boom, right Delicious. there. I think Absolutely she nailed great. it, too. Protein. Protein. Well, the points go to Nicole. Sorry, John. Take it on. That's um, understandable. Rumple Stiltskin. Rumple Stiltskin. The first thing that comes to my mind is rumpled foreskin. Rumpled foreskin. There it is. This is a bass fishing talk show, unlike any other. Uh, off-road bassin. Off-road bassin, John Cruz. Off-road bassin. Uh, I just immediately thought of General Tire. Uh, General of course tire. you did. And don't you think that you should be in those commercials instead of skeet? Don't don't you think so? That's what everybody else says. I'm I'm not worried about it. It's, I mean, uh, I knew it was like a three day shoot they did down there in Charlotte for that deal, and and then they shot one of the other ones at the MLF, which I don't participate in. So as long as I don't have the extra days out of my schedule, I'm 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 okay with that. Yeah, you need to be in the next one. Shooter McGavin is right. out. John Cruz is in. Start a start a petition. Let's yes, do it. we are right now. Bass fishing galaxy start a <laughs> petition. Uh, the meat stick. The meat stick. The meat stick. Um. A lot of times I'll eat, uh, like I call it the meat stick. Uh, there's like a jerky uh, stick that I'll take on the boat sometimes, and that's what I thought about. The protein. Yeah, the, the protein. protein. John Cruz, you won. John Cruz won. Yeah. Woo! Nailed it. it. First time ever on a bass fishing talk it. show. Yeah. I knew Game I- show. I- I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Thanks for beating me. I appreciate it. Nicole, tell him what he won. You won a fun talk show. You won a fun talk show. That's what you won. Phenomenal. Which br- never had one of, I've never had one of those. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> there it is right there. Hey, now, speaking of protein, we have, um, we have viewer mail for you. Um, mm-hmm. and th- hold on. Bear with me a second, John. Um, okay. This comes from, uh, let's see here. Let me get to my to this uh, slow moving reaction right here. Okay, this comes from Brian Stokell from Lemonade, New Jersey. Right. Okay. Uh, it's 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 okay. Here it is. Brian wants to know right here. Um. Now this is completely absurd. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ask him if he could take Roland Martin out. In a gas passing contest. contest. What does that even mean? Um, you have no idea. Tell Brian Stokel that I, I'm, maybe I already have. Maybe I already have. <laughs> I don't even know what that meant, but I had to ask it. That's my duty as a member of the media. Keep it low key. Just keep it to, low key. To ask questions like that. Yep. Right. Let's get yeah, really Brian serious. Stokel, Brian Stokel, that reminds me that I have a picture to show a Brian Stokel next time I see him. That reminded me. Nice. I'll bet, I'll bet you I can't did. text it to him because I don't know where it will go. <laughs> uh, can you share it with everyone here live on the air? Uh, no. No, I cannot. Dang it. Darn it. Let's get really serious right now, okay? Let's get super, okay. super serious right now, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 360 it here. Um, let's pretend you're a superhero, okay? Um, right. Wh- what superhero would you be to, to improve your performance on the bass fishing circuit on the elite series? What superhero would uh, you be? I would maybe the flash, the flash. Be How would that fast? help? Uh, How would that I help? Think, you? Well, you, nobody's going to beat you to a fishing hole. I mean, you're just going to be the first one there every time. The, the first presentation. 
Yeah, and you think Kevin Van Dam can cover a lot of water? The Flash, <laughs> smoke him. Don't. Johnny he, he Chris Missile. Like, he the literally Flash. will make ten million casts in a day. The, the Flash. N- Nicole, do you have a question for John Cruz? Yeah, actually, I do. Uh, John, as a professional bass fisherman, I know you probably spend so much time on the road. I want to hear one of your favorite crazy stories. Oh, it's gotta be boy. favorite. Gotta be uh, favorite. I, I tell you one. Um, just a quick story of this like random stuff that happens. Um, I've never like been held up by gunpoint or any of that kind of stuff, but a, a number of guys on tour have run into that situation. But I'll tell you one of the funniest stories. Um, and it kind of reminded me since uh, we were just had that last uh, viewer ask a question. <laughs> me and, me and, uh, me, me and uh, it was back when I was fishing FLW, I was fishing on uh, Old Hickory Lake. And I was fishing up the lake a little ways on the main river, and there's there's some current in that in that lake. So I was holding my boat in the current. You know, there's a few pieces of driftwood and whatnots uh, drifting down the down the lake, and I'm casting, I'm casting, and all of a sudden I look and I see something in the water, and I it's like no way, that's not what I think it is. And I look and I look, and sure enough, uh, it was a giant dildo floating down the river. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it rolled over and it was unmistakable what it was and I told my I was point I was laughing so hard I just pointed at it because my co-angler asked what it was and then he he went oh my god look at that and then, and then about that time we, we heard it just drift up against the boat and it went boom boom thump, uh, thump. against the side of the boat that's how much uh, girth this thing had oh my that, goodness. that is an amazing story right there that is pro- <laughs> is that not the best story we've ever heard on this show right there the the floating yeah. dildo story from john <laughs> cruz that, i mean just, i was laughing i mean like where would someone how put would a dildo in the water into the lake? how would it get into the lake that's what i want <laughs> was it on havasu no, it was uh, it was in Tennessee near Nashville. <laughs> no, I know. I was just saying because yeah. you could figure oh, Havasu. Oh, everywhere at Havasu, yeah. There's actually flotillas of them. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, uh, you're into arm wrestling, right? Speaking of speaking of dildos, you're into arm <laughs> wrestling, and uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, seriously, you you seriously are into arm wrestling, right? I I haven't arm wrestled in a long time. Like somebody I, told me, you're into arm wrestling. I'm not afraid to. I'm not afraid to. If anybody wants to to go at it, so like who who would you not arm wrestle on the Elite Series? Um, I don't know. I'm my arms are not that long, so if people are really tall, they have such a leverage advantage. Oh, true. Really have to. I really have to buckle down on them. Uh, so the tall dudes give me the most the most trouble. If it's a shorter stature person like me i i got that that, I that got. that's why like whenever i would get in fights and i usually got my ass kicked most of the time because of my big mouth but i always learned never to get in fights with tall guys just because of the reach because oh, yeah. you'd think that they weren't you were far enough away from them but they just give you a they hover over straight leverage Boom. straight leverage done done deal well the, here's the trick on tall dudes if you ever have that situation happen again you got to get so close to them they can't hit you Oh. oh, so they're like the, the, them tall dudes. You got to take them to the ground and get on top of them and smother them, and then they'll, they'll, they'll put those long arms up. Once they put those long arm, arms up, uh, ooh, it's grappling one hundred and one. You can take them right out. I mean, we, I like the knee. I just go straight for the whole knee up type of thing. You knee them up. Yeah, basically. That, that, that's the deal. Hey, we learned a lot from you tonight, John Cruz. Hey. 
I uh, I try. I try. <laughs> people. I try that. Yeah, you did very well, and and thank you so much uh, for coming on this this crazy show with us tonight. Do you uh, do you have anything you want to say to your fans or your sponsors before uh, before we get out of here? Man, I appreciate it. Just uh, if anybody wants uh, to follow me anymore, I've got Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Those are the only three social media deals that I do. I, I, I'm capped off at three social media platforms. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I interact with a lot of people on, on those and try to, try to have fun with it and, and everything else. Just like, just like we did here. There we go. Hey man, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, we look forward to having you on again, man. Yeah. That was yeah. Awesome. I uh, really appreciate it. And, uh, and, and, and knock them out, man. Best, best of luck to you. Thanks. Same I really up. appreciate it. Uh, that is John Cruz right there. Bassmaster elite series touring professional, Nicole, what's going on? What do they need to do here right you have now? To put your power pulls down. We'll be right back with Jason Christie. With Jason Christie coming up next. Peace. Thanks, John Cruz. Be right back. I'm John DeMay with M Jigs. Today, I'd like to share with you a little bit about a couple products that we have in our lineup that we're really excited about. The first product I'd like to talk to you about today is the Joe Football Head Jig. Right out of the package, you'll notice that our football head jig is different than most on the market. What makes our jigs different is the quality of components. Let's start with the hook. These hooks are custom made for us in Japan. 90 degree bend, black nickel hooks, razor sharp, JDM quality. All of our Joe football head jigs have living rubber skirts. They're hand tied with copper wire to ensure that they stay affixed and it also helps them to flare while they're in the water. We powder paint and heat cure each jig to ensure that the paint stays on your jig even when you're fishing rock. Another feature that separates our jig from other jigs on the market is the screw lock keeper. The screw lock keeper does a couple things for you. Not only does it keep your beta fixed, it'll save you money on soft plastics that pull off of standard barb keepers. The second product I'd like to talk to you about is our hybrid flip and swim jig. We also have a custom hook in our flip and swim jig. It's a 4-aught, 30-degree bend, black nickel hook. It has the same durable paint, the same great keeper, and a hand-tied silicone skirt to complete it. So if you're looking for a premium product that's going to give you an edge over your competition, look us up at demjigs.com. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Straycast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace!